doing? How are we living? It has been uh, a minute, you know, since Teresa and I have hopped on the mics to do an episode, but we're glad to be back. I think we had like a seven, eight week vacation. We said we're going to do it for June. And then I was like, you know what? There's really not much going on except for Aaron Rodgers. Really no big trades taking place except for the Julio Jones one. But we'll get into that here in a little bit. And so I was like, let's just kind of keep the vacation going and get ready to roll when the season's here. Guess what? Football is back this week. It's exciting. I'm excited. Cowboys and Steelers. Hall of Fame game. Let's go. But first, Justin Treese, how was your vacation and how have you been doing? Because it, it really has been, as the kids say, it's been a minute. It has been a minute, folks. Uh, super happy to be back. Austin and I like literally almost didn't talk for like three weeks. And then it was like, hey, maybe we should just jump on a Zoom call just for old time's sake during halfway through our vacation. So we did that for a, on a Friday night for a few hours. And uh, hey, it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. It was. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm super excited um it was nice to step away for a little bit and i you know breathe and just not think about football entirely for a couple months but now that everybody's back at training camp man i i think i'm even more excited now like this season is going to just be elite that's all that's all i can say oh absolutely i mean during our like vacation i was like this is just so nice like i really wasn't on social media I just, I wasn't on my phone that much aside from what I needed to do for work and like radio. And it was just like, I don't, I don't want to be on my phone. I don't want to be doing anything. And all of a sudden we're just sitting at the bar eating uh, lunch. And there was like an old game on from like, you know, 2017, I think it was like a Giants Eagles game. And I was like, man, like I'm pumped for football to be back on. And it just like relit the fire. You know what I mean? Just that little spark got me going. I feel like I've been on social media like crazy living life, having fun, excited for the season. We're going to kind of change up the podcast and how we're going to do things. We're going to de- uh, excuse me, dive in a lot deeper in terms of fantasy football and betting because it's something we've kind of just toyed around with, but we haven't gotten as deep as we want um, in terms of those topics. So that's something we definitely want to focus on and will. Uh, and we've also kind of upped our skills in the graphics. So uh, be looking out for that. I've learned how to do some video editing myself. And Teresa, I don't know if I've told you that, but little things that we're, we're wanting to add and keep going and I'm excited for it. It's, and it's, it's nice to be back. It really is. And the amount of storylines that have been taking place as well has just really kind of picked up and just has got me sucked back into everything. Like I'm ready to rock and roll. Absolutely. So today we decided one to what we're, we're just getting back into it. Let's do little tidbits about every team. Um, that we've heard about for the last week of training camp. And then moving forward, we will then just do kind of division by division leading up to the season. So as always typical us, actually one, know what let's do a tree Sibia. I just realized I've been stacking those things up. So I actually have a few, you don't need notes. You don't need notes. Okay. I was going to say, I don't, I don't have pen and paper. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're fine. Don't even worry about it. Um, this one actually does have stats. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. What head coach would you want leading your team? I'm going to just give off some stats here and then you just tell me. So okay. um, coach a has a winning percentage of 65%. Okay. Um, he has a 500 playoff record. He has six top 10 offenses he has 10 top 10 defenses and he has one Super Bowl. I'll repeat these again. Um, but player two, I almost said the coach's name on, on number two. Coach, coach two has a 63, 63 point, or yeah, 63 um, winning percentage. So just under. So play, coach A was 65, coach B is 63. Um, playoff record for A is 500. Playoff record for uh, B is 52, so a little bit higher. So less on the season, a little bit higher on um, playoffs. Uh, he has 13 top 10 offenses, so over double the Coach A. Co- coach A is 6, Coach B is 13. Um, and then defenses, Coach A again was 10, but Coach B is only 3. Um, and then they both have one Super Bowl. Okay, so... 
you said one of the regular seasons, there's what, 65%? Yep, Coach A is 65% and Coach B is 63% winning percentage. So okay, 2%, 2% higher. And then on playoffs, it's exactly reversed. So Coach A is 500 and Coach B is 52. So okay. 2%. Um, I'm taking Coach B. Okay. So you're taking a little bit less on the winning percentage on season, a little bit higher on playoffs, better mm-hmm. offenses, no no defense really on that team, and then yeah. one-to-one Super Bowls. Okay. Yep. Do you think you could guess who these coaches are? Coach A is Pete Carroll. No. Mike Tomlin. Coach A is Mike Tomlin. Okay. Those are the top defenses. Um, and then Coach B, in terms of offensive performance, going to the playoffs, um, is it Sean Payton? It is Sean Payton. Look Good job. That. So it's interesting. So I actually found out when I was doing this that Mike Tomlin has never been under 500 in his in a season mm-hmm. as a head coach. Yeah, uh, I decided to put my foot in my mouth, shocker, with this off-season discussion, and it was like the Steelers are going to be picking in the top five of the draft. And it was like, whoa, like he's never really had like a losing season. And yeah. it was like, crap. Like once you hear that and you're like reminded, I was like, yeah, they're always good no matter what's going on. But I was just thinking like when I said it, it was like Big Ben's not going to be able to stay healthy. They don't have anyone reliable at quarterback. Like I don't care what your thoughts are on Dwayne Haskins. In my opinion, he's not going to be good on anything. And that, like when I say that, Teresa, that's not directed towards you. It's just in general, like I'm not a believer in Dwayne Haskins. I don't believe you are either, though. So she's like if Big Ben inevitably goes down with an injury and is in a walking boot or a sling, it's like what else do you have? And especially with the offensive line is being like rebuilt. They've gotten younger. Their defense is still good. I know that it was just kind of like the rest, everyone else in that division has gotten better too. And so it's not like just going to be a cakewalk where they only got to worry about one other team in the Baltimore Ravens. They literally have to worry about the other three that are still there with them. So yeah. that's kind of where my mindset was a little bit ago, but yeah, yeah Mike so Tomlin is a, is a hell of a coach. He is. I will say, I still believe that they're going to be under 500 this year. I, I literally made a bet in Vegas during our break on them being under, under eight and a half wins, which is under 500 at this point in this. Um, and so I still believe that's going to be the case this year. Um, but yeah, I actually was a Dwayne Haskins believer heading into the draft. Um, and, but I'm not one of those guys that's going to stick to it. Like he has been bad. He is not good. So wonder what I just shift and back. Yeah, I was wrong. And guess what? He actually sucks. Uh, so does, can things change with the, you know, a change of scenery and stuff like that? It could, but I still, I just don't think that anything's really going to change with him. So anyways, cool. All right, let's get started here. So let's start off with the AFC East. Like always, let's kind of give some tidbits about just how everything is. Um, I'll start off with the, the bills. So bills again, coming off of that AFC championship loss to your chiefs. They're looking solid again. I think that you got Josh Allen visor coming out again, which he did last off season. Looks, Looks so sick. He's, he's going to be another monster this year. Uh, for me, the big thing is Gabriel Davis being the number three wide receiver right now. I thought like he was really going to become that number two wide receiver this year um, after John Brown left and just be like, okay, it's his time to shine kid out of UCF um, because he had a really good year last year but it really seems like the Bills are saying let's roll with 34 year old Emmanuel Sanders right now Um, and I get it Sanders is still kicking it and he's still playing really really well he's a great route runner so it's one of those cool things about like when you're getting older like usually you don't see 34 year old wide receivers doing well but usually wide receivers are like these big, you know, like let's just overpower people and not like really like, Hey, like I'm just a route runner and I can just beat you with my savviness in a way. But, um, so I think that that for me, that's the biggest thing I'm keeping an eye on this off season, um, through training camp and preseason is like, does Gabriel Davis eventually take over for that role or not? Because you obviously still have Cole Beasley in the slot. Um, we're not even going to dive into Cole Beasley. I don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, so he's going to be that slot guy. So who's going to be that number two? And right now it seems like it's Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, I just like you said, that's the one thing I want to pay attention through preseason and the regular season is just 
who else do they have at receiver? Because like Stefan Diggs made a huge impact last year. It was his first year being there after they traded for him. And I was like, damn, okay, you got him, John Brown, Cole Beasley underneath. And then, you know, you get your tight end to just kind of step up as well. So I want to see that continuous development from them and the receiving weapons. And then Josh Allen this offseason has been changing. I believe it's his release point or his balance went in within him throwing. So he is more accurate. Uh, I got to see that through Jordan Palmer, which has been really cool. He's a fun follow on social media as well. Uh, Cause you get to see that kind of in-depth or inside look, maybe behind the curtain type of look here with these guys and how they train and what they're working on in the off season. So I am excited for the Bills. Uh, you look at their fans are trying to interact with them on social media, and they are all about this just being a 100% redemption season takes them back to the Super Bowl. It is going to be a fun year because the AFC is so good from literally top to bottom. In the NFC, it's kind of like, yeah, there's about four teams that you're really, really thinking to have a chance at making it to the Super Bowl. But the AFC, I feel like there's six or seven of them that are just up there ready to rock and roll right now. Sure. Totally agree there. Um, let's go on to the Dolphins. Uh, biggest news is Xavier Z- Howard wanting a trade, um, but really not wanting a trade at the same time. It's interesting. He he just wants to get paid, right? Like that that's the thing. Yeah. I wouldn't even say he wants to. I know that he requested a trade, but that was after like being like, hey, like I here's a couple ideas of like cap friendly like deals that make it so I get more guaranteed money. I stay here. It doesn't hurt you guys in the future, but like now I get paid. Um, so yes, did he request a trade? Yes. Does he want to be traded? I don't think the answer is yes. I actually think it's no. He's just saying, can I just get paid? Like I'm literally the number two paid cornerback on my team. And I I want to be a top like three paid cornerback in the NFL. So, um, Oh, and he, and he absolutely deserves it too. I mean, he's been tearing 100%, it up. 100%. Just be like, to be playing as well as you are. And all of a sudden they sign this other guy from the Cowboys and then he gets more money than you, but you're playing better than him. It's like, uh. I don't know how the front office just hasn't been like, yo, hey, our bad, here it is. Like, just take the money and go. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you got your rookie quarterback on a deal. Like, you usually can pay some guys a little bit extra there. So, um, super excited about this team. Um, What I'm actually interested in is is, um, Jalen Waddell. So, reports are that he's still limping around a little bit um, from his ankle surgery and at Alabama and you start to wonder like is he not going to be what they think what they thought they were getting when they drafted him for year one not overall but like mm. how much are you pushing him if he's limping in training camp here and there like how how far do you push him like you I hate saying like the whole red shirt year or even just like not as many reps or you know specialized yeah. role in the offense but it's something I'm sure Dolphins organization and fans don't love to see. No, I mean, I wouldn't at all, especially when you go back to back years on drafting a player from the University of Alabama who's injured or was and coming off of surgery. That's a difficult situation. Um, I didn't know that it was still bothering him here in the training camp. So that is news to me as well. But it's just, that's tough. That's a really tough look for Dolphins fans. Uh, speaking of Alabama players, though, New England Patriots, Mac Jones been a big hit in new england them fans are excited for him i'm excited for him as well the patriots there's really not that much else to be excited about to be honest with you um Nikhil harry requested a trade i, I don't think anything is going to come out of it uh it's something i kind of want to dive in with you trees because i was thinking about it where people are kind of giving up on him but it's like he hasn't really had a consistent quarterback in his career and Hold up for a second saying that because that first year that he played with Tom Brady, he was not really on the field his rookie year. He was dealing with an injury. And then when he did come on the field, it was like, okay, hey, we saw some flashes of it. But his best trait in college was the deep ball. You know what I mean? He would go up and get it. Tom Brady's not really pushing the ball down the field like that, or at least he wasn't that last year in New England. And then this previous season, you had Cam Newton. You just watch that guy throw a football, takes everything in him now to get the ball across the field, you know, or down the field. So I do wonder if Mac Jones, when Mac Jones takes over the starting job, how much of a difference that makes for Nikhil Harry and how much more of a weapon he can become again, or at least what we thought of from college. I think it won't matter because I don't think he's going to be on the roster by the time Mac Jones becomes the quarterback. You think he gets traded by the end of training camp? I do. 
I, I think right when cuts are happening, there's going to be a team that has like a couple nicked up wide receivers that they're just like, man, this, these guys could be nicked up all year. We just need another healthy body and you can probably get him. I mean, literally at this point would not be surprised if you could get him for fourth rounder in a future sixth or something like that. Like, I just don't think that you can probably get that much. And I could be totally wrong on that, but um, it kind of just feels that's what it feels like when a first rounder doesn't do much for multiple years. Like that's kind (laughs) of, seems like that's usually what it does um, and goes for. So, but yeah, I kind of just don't think that he's going to be on the roster. Um, I think that they're okay. I mean, they paid, Nelson Aguilar, they paid uh, Bourne out of San Francisco. They still have Jacoby Myers, who I think is going to have a pretty good year. And then let's not forget that they paid two tight ends massive amount of money. Like this offense is going to revolve around the two tight ends. Like, yeah, plain and simple between Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. Yep. Um, speaking of another first rounder that's probably not going to be on the team is Sony Michelle. That dude's not going to be on the roster. Like, that dude, that dude is primed to go to the Rams. Now that Cam, and we'll get into Cam Akers here in a minute, but now that Cam Akers is out for the year, Sony Michelle is just primed for that location. You know, I was thinking yesterday, I was like, what are the Rams going to do at running back now? And that makes complete sense. That's why I've missed you. The, the logic <laughs> that you have in terms of where players are going to go and end up, it's freaking spot on. Love to see it. Moving to the next team, the last team, the AFC East, uh, the New York Jets. They finally get their rookie quarterback signed, and he's already making plays in camp. Uh, there was a play, I'm sure you guys have seen the clip, where he he gets out of like a, a sack in practice, but then he keeps the play going and throws it downfield. Elijah Moore makes the catch, kind of evades the defenders and scores. And then apparently there was a fan that was just like, Super Bowl in the stands. And I was like, you guys are so ridiculous. But I hope this does work out with the Jets. I don't know what took you so long to get Zach Wilson signed. I don't know why he wasn't already in New York or why he doesn't have a place to live uh, or anything like that set up. But hopefully he does now and they're ready to go because that opening clip right there has at least got me excited. So I can't imagine how Jets fans are feeling right now. Yeah, for sure. I just see Zach Wilson being the dude that throws for like 30 touchdowns this year, but like 18 picks. Like he's just going to make those mistakes. Um, yeah. I mean, so it's funny because you brought that up and I actually thought you were going to go exact opposite because his first practice, because that was day two of his practices, his yeah. first practice, he went one for nine in the red zone. Um, and the one completion wasn't even into the end zone. Like the, the dude got tackled short. So, or wrapped up because they're not practice, or they're not tackling. So, like, I thought you were going to go exact opposite route of just like, man, like he uh, he's struggling a little bit. I'm not going to talk shit because, like, so during mini camps, Jets fans were all over Jags Twitter when Trevor Lawrence had a bad day and he threw two picks, and like Jets fans were all over like, well, we got we took the better quarterback, and it was like, come the fuck down. First off, it's 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 May and it's practice one of all time. Like it's relax, everybody. And now Trevor Lawrence is dominating. And then now Zach Wilson comes in and he struggles day one. Like it happens, like literally, it happens to almost every quarterback when their rookies coming in. Like, guess what? Everybody is a little bit faster, a little bit quicker. Like you even see like um Matt Stafford that I don't know if you saw that, but he threw a pick to Jalen Ramsey yesterday. And I pick six, pick six. And like, it's just like that type of shit happens. Like you're practicing so many different things. Like you're learning like where, you know, how fast receivers cut and get out of the breaks, where they're going to be, you know, if it's in a zone, are they going to stop here? Are they going to go a yard farther? Like you you just learn that stuff. So not going to put too much stock into it, but to your point, yes, he would have been sacked, but like, continuing the play like it shows like if he would have gotten out of that sack like those are the type of plays that he can make and that's why he went exactly. number two overall and that is why i truly actually believe he's going to throw for you know 25 to 30 touchdowns this year again i think he's going to force stuff and throw you know a fair amount of picks as well but also that's because the jets are going to be down in a ton of games this year and so he's going to have to force things as well so let's not let's not put too much account into that either so but yeah super excited for the jets honestly i am so all right, let's move on to the AFC North. 
Um, let's move on to the Bengals. Uh, biggest news is Joe Burrow not ending up on the pup list to start off the season after that gruesome injury. Like him starting out healthy and being able to practice, huge win for the Bengals. Like huge win. Um, this team's going to pass it a ton. I think they're going to be a very fun offense with Joe Mixon. I think that overall it's going to be a fun offense. Defense. Still going to be the issue. It's going to be shootouts. They're going to be just like last year. Like, I really believe that, but probably just a little bit better. Um, they're going to win a few more games, but I think it's going to be a f- similar mindset, similar game flows as, as last year. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're spot on there. It's just going to be – it's just going to be tougher. These games are going to have to – I mean, like we were just talking earlier to start show with Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. I mean, the same thing with the Ravens here. It's just – and those games with the Bengals are always close, right? And the same thing with the Steelers this past – excuse me, the Browns this past season. Um, it's going to be enjoyable because I want to see Lamar Jackson con- to continue to develop. And I know I was really hard on him last offseason heading into the year, um, but ultimately I was kind of right. It's like we're not going to see that same type of production and that same level of like just taking over a game with his feet. If you want, if they want to win, they need he needs to throw the ball. And he did do that last year. He was – you know, struggling at the beginning part of the season. I remember talking to a buddy of mine who's a Ravens fan. He's like, what is going on? This is not the type of offense that Lamar Jackson will thrive in. And I was like, you're exactly right, but it's one that he needs to because when you get to the playoffs, this is what you're going to need him to do. So you might as well get the kinks out now so he is ready for and prepared for those type of situations and what he needs to do in the playoffs. And it did pay off because his performance in that game against the Tennessee Titans was huge and solely why they won that game uh, and got the win in the playoffs. So I want to because I want to see him continue to develop a lot of big games this year that they're going to have again. I think they play the Chiefs in Baltimore again on like week three. Um, so that's going to be a fun matchup too to check out uh, with them. But I'm, I'm excited for, for Lamar Jackson. I've not necessarily turned the corner, but it's a it's a more optimistic type of look instead of it was last year, I was just being really hard and honestly kind of a douchebag about it. But another guy who I'm excited to see play quarterback is Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. Dude is coming back. He's got weapons. Joe Mixon's going to be back. The defense, I tried to be excited for it last year. It's going to be hard to do it this season. But at the same time, I am a freaking believer of the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you know how we called the Buffalo Bills like a year in advance and now we're doing it with the Panthers? I'm saying two to three years with the the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to be like, damn, they might be running the North. Yeah, they really might be. Um, and I agree with Lamar um, before we move on to the Browns and Steelers. Or agree with Lamar. I think that they're actually going to be throwing it a little bit more this year. Um, I mean, they got Sammy Watkins. They drafted Rashad Bateman. Uh, Hollywood Brown, I think it's great for him not having to be the number one. Now he can be the number two to number three option there. Um, and then I just year two, J.K. Dobbins, I think is going to be massive. So, yeah, super excited about that. And honestly, the defense, now that they're like not so hyped, they might be even better this year. Um, let's move on to the Browns. Um, I mean, what else can we say, man? The Browns, they had an amazing draft. They already looked like one of the best teams. And I mean, I'm super excited about what they can do. I think that Baker is just set up for like a prime year of just, you know, leading teams to victory. He may not always have the sexiest stats, but I think that he is in a great position. It's going to be super fun to see what he does with Odell Beckham. Now that Baker's comfortable in the offense, um, which he wasn't last year, but before Odell got hurt, Uh, So that's going to be awesome. Defense has gotten, you know, tons and tons of athletic guys there. Uh, They just signed Nick Chubb to a contract extension last night. So huge thing that they're good for Nick Chubb. He's going to get a, he's going to become a free agent before he's 30. So he's going to get paid again. So good for him. He deserves it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun talking about this division when we start talking about who's wins it, because it's going to be very, very close between the Browns and the Ravens dude no freaking joke um I was thinking about this before we hopped on and I've been kind of thinking about this last week and it's my thoughts on Baker Mayfield in the Cleveland Browns and I feel like last year that fan base really altered my perception on being happy for them 
because it's like I was I was happy for the Browns. I was like excited for them and good to see the success. And then their fans would come over the top and they just got like super annoying and they just didn't shut up at all. And then I was just like, you know what? Like maybe just kind of give them a break. So I muted some of them and it has been a little bit more enjoyable being on the old social media. But again, like I just said, at the same time, it's, it's something that they're excited about and they just been through years and years and years of torture and they haven't been able to find a quarterback. And I've kind of hated Baker Mayfield because he went to Oklahoma and he's just been kind of a douche. But at the same time, he's exactly who they have needed and they got him. And this team is freaking stacked, dude. And they nailed the draft too. Like every defensive player that they drafted, I think is going to freaking be a stud. And people are just overlooking the fact that they added Jadavion Clowney as well to be on the opposite side of Miles Garrett. Like we're going to see this and go, holy shit, Jadavion Clowney actually is pretty good because the attention is just going to go to the other side of the field with Miles Garrett there. And then you have a secondary who's been banged up. But if those guys can stay healthy, they're they're going to be flying around everywhere. And then you add in joke, like that linebacker safety role, and that dude can fly around himself. Like They're going to be a fun team to watch. And when they're not playing the Chiefs, I'm going to be rooting for them. Like, this is just going to be an episode of me being super optimistic and excited for everything and every storyline. I get it. But, like, right now, they are a team that is on the brink of putting themselves in contention for a Super Bowl, and I think that might be, like, a no-duh type of statement. They just have, like, a powerhouse in their in their division with the Baltimore Ravens, and then they have another two in the AFC with the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. Like, if those teams aren't in the way or something drastic happens – Knock on wood that it doesn't for any of them, but it could be a perfect scenario for the Cleveland Browns where they find themselves in the Super Bowl and probably win it because when you get to that deep in the playoffs, you need a good run game and you need someone who's going to be able to create turnovers on defense. And that's how this team is built right now. Like they're, they're a juggernaut and they know it. We all do. Yeah, I agree. I mean, still got that little bit of prove it mentality. I mean, they beat the Steelers very, very well in the playoffs last year, um, but we all kind of thought the Steelers were a little overrated at the same time. So, I mean, you got it, still got to prove it. Um, but I totally agree. And again, I think that this team is one of the four teams in the AFC that could represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. So, totally agree there. Uh, Steelers, I mean, we kind of talked about the Steelers a little bit during Trisivia, but. I mean, defense is going to be elite. Um, Big Ben looks like he's in, I hate to say it, best shape of his life, but uh, he does. And it's going to be interesting to see. Najee Harris um, going to be the dude that gets 350 carries this season. Um, it, it's going to work around him. So uh, we'll see how that, that ends up playing out. Um, moving to the AFC South, uh, let's talk about the Titans here. So, they end up trading for Julio Jones. Um, I think it was a great deal for them, honestly. And this offense is going to be scary. You have A.J. Brown. You have Julio Jones. You have Derrick Henry. And you have Ryan Tannehill, who is one of the most disrespected quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, what he's done the last two years. Like, if his name wasn't Ryan Tannehill, we'd be talking about him as, like, a top-five quarterback. Um, defense, still not that great, though. So, I think that – so honestly, I think that's good though, right? I think they're they're going to be in shootouts. Um, but now they have the two wide receivers, plus they have a running game. Like like I could see the Titans. It's funny because like previous, it's always been like Titans are low scoring games because they just don't you know they're so ground and pound. Now I could see Titans being in shootouts a ton, and you have a ton of games where both teams are in the thirties for the Titans games. Do you think Derrick Henry is? Like, he's not going to be able to keep it to the same type of production that he's had the previous two years, right? Like, that's just going to be diminished greatly. I I don't know if I'd say greatly, but yeah, for sure. I think right now his total, like, projection is, like, something like 16. Like, his over-under on rushing yards is, like, 1,600 or 1,700. I would take the under for sure. Yeah. I just – because, like, you just mentioned your point there, but it's also, like, Ryan Tannehill can throw the football. Like, he's not he's a bad so quarterback, and he's efficient. And Dude, you look at his stats in games. Yeah. Like he's like, he's been top five in almost every category, man. Like accuracy, like yards per attempt, like everything, man. Like he just doesn't have as many yards because they don't have to throw it as much or they haven't yep. had to. I think they will this year. So, yep. Agreed. 
Yeah, and that defense, um, I know you just kind of touched up on it. They lost a lot of guys this offseason, but you're very excited, and I don't know if you just mentioned if you did, so I completely zoned out there. I apologize. But, like, you're a fan of their young corners, and that is going to be something that I don't know if it's really going to get tested in that division alone with those games except for maybe, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville because when you look at Houston, there's literally nothing they're going to get the most reps there in practice. But, like, the Colts, when you go ahead and go to this team now, the Colts, like, is Carson Wentz even going to be playing now? Like, this is a guy who I was excited about. I'm on the Carson Wentz train. want to have him, you know, want to see him have a redemption season and prove to the Eagles, like, yo, you guys just kind of messed this whole situation up and didn't handle it right. And it's, like, hard to kind of support that when this dude can't stay healthy. And he said he's going to try and just sit it out. That's the word – uh, that came out this morning, the day of us recording this podcast, is that he wants to try to avoid surgery. So he's just going to rest and relax and recover that way and hopefully be ready to go by week one. So now you're just going to go play an entire football season with a messed up foot? Like, everyone's going to know about it. So the moment something happens and you start hobbling, it's like, boom, weakness. Can't And, like, one of his strengths is being able to stay strong in the pocket and escape pressure, you know, or almost being sacked. And with that type of injury, it almost just takes it away immediately. Yeah, totally, right? So, I mean, so they have Jacob Eason that's going to take over while he's out. You just wonder, like, how long. And Sam Ellinger, which it's going to be Jacob Eason. Um, But, like, you (laughs) And I know other people have said it and like, it would just be so ironic if it ended up, they end up trading like a sixth rounder for like Nick Foles. Like it would just be just like Carson Wentz would just like, like what the fuck is going on here? Like there's no I, way they could. There's no way. There's no way, but it would just be so ironic and so funny. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I hope he comes back. I mean, I want him like, I want him to play all the games because I want the Colts to end up losing that first round pick, right? Like I want them to lose that. Like I don't want it to just be a second rounder um, because I think the Colts are in such a good position. Like I, I just, I feel like the AFC South teams need as much advantage as they can get. And that's a, an advantage. So like him playing while injured, like would be ideal. Um, but if he's missing, let's just say he misses three to four games, right? Like, let's just say that. Um, Man, I don't. I just don't know how they can recover from that. I I think that that would just put them so far far behind the curve of like the Titans. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be tough because I I I actually thought that the Colts were in the best position to win this division this year. Yeah, um, even even after the Julio trade, I still believe that. Um, but you wonder what? At the same time, though, I still kind of thought the Colts were gonna be a run heavy team anyway. So does it really affect it too much? I mean to an extent it's going to, but maybe it's not as much. Like they still were going to ride Jonathan Taylor and then get what they could out of Marlon Mack. Like he's coming off an Achilles. So who knows how much you you actually get there, but like it was going to be those two with a little bit of Heinz, like, you know, trickled in there. Um, Like it was going to be them anyways. And I mean, you have T Y Hilton. Who's like, is T Y Hilton going to be just the new AJ green at some point in the next year or two of like, man, like, is he toast? Like, is he done? Like, I kind of believe in a year or two, we're going to be saying that. Like, does T.Y. have an, another solid year left in him? I feel, he like, could. But I feel like, like we're he, already saying that, to be honest. But I don't mean to cut already, you off, but. No, you're good. But I was literally just about to back. Maybe maybe I'm already, maybe I'm speaking out of turn because maybe he already is at that point. Um, I obviously love guys like Michael Tom, or Michael Thomas, Michael Pittman, though. Um, mm. And then this defense is just the best defense in this division. Like, this they they're going to win games single-handedly just that side of the ball so um going to be interesting how that all plays out i mean i i can't trust the colts on what they say uh because like look at their history of like what they you know what they've said i know this has been shown but like they downplayed peyton manning's injury they downplayed whoever's injury andrew yeah. luck's injury all right? andrew like, luck's all, yeah yeah, like, and then they all end up missing way more time, like, like usually the season, right? Like Peyton Manning's neck injury, they were like, oh, yeah, he'll be back. Ends up missing the whole season. Um, Andrew Luck, same exact thing. You know, like it's, it just happens. So That's a really good point. 
Because, like, there are organizations out there, and clearly the Colts are one of them. It's just like, yeah, we're not giving you too much info. Boom. All right, here's a freaking nuke on you. Just everything gets changed. Um, let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguar. Let's go to the Houston Texans. Houston Texans, let's go. There's just – there's nothing to talk about. Like, Deshaun Watson, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen there at all. Uh, that's just about it. There's nothing else to be excited for with that team to be completely upfront. Like, I don't know what they're going to do. Even with Deshaun Watson being at camp, what, you're going to have the dude play quarterback and run with all the ones and then to find out, like, ah, he's actually not going to play this season because he still doesn't want to be there and you're probably going to trade him. I feel like the mentality is the team and organization's already kind of moved on and all of a sudden it's like, uh, what's this guy doing here? Like, oh, my God, I forgot he's still here because we haven't been able to trade him. That's my thoughts on Houston. Treese, is there even anything you want to – I mean, until we know anything, like there's no way that like Goodell doesn't just put him on the commissioner exempt list, right? Like he's done it. He's done it to people with far less cases against them, right? Yeah. Like, like he's literally done it to Josh Gordon for smoking weed. Like yes. you're not going to do it for 21, uh, you know, accusations of whatever. Sexual <laughs> like, assault. Yeah. Like, so like, it has like he has to go on that list. So like even if like things get dropped, like which is nothing's gonna happen this year. Like they've already basically come out and said like the earliest things are gonna be happening is like February of next year. So I mean it's gonna be a while. Um I just don't see that how Watson even plays this year, my opinion. It it's interesting. We'll we'll that situation will just play itself out over time. Um last team in the division though, Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey baby. Hey, uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of camp. You know, that Tim Tebow guy is really going to change the culture of that team. I think that's probably the best move they've made this offseason, uh, draft included. Uh, you don't get Tim Tebow. You're not, you know, you're not going to be where you're at this next season. Um, that dude looks absolutely jacked. He's slow as shit coming out of his routes and his breaks. But I don't care. I like seeing Tim Tebow out on the field. I was I was rooting for it when they picked him up. I know some people are like, oh, he's going to take another kid's job. Well, kids should be better at football because uh, Tim Tebow just seems to be doing all right, and I hope he does make it through camp. I hope he's on the team and plays in the season. Uh, just to be completely honest, the defense, I'm excited for it. And then the offense, I tweeted uh, the other day, but like that Trevor Lawrence to the Vishka Chenault connection is going to be fun. Like, it is going to be a blast. And then, oh, yeah, you got a pretty damn good running back. And uh, let's not forget about DJ Shark on the other side, too. Um, and then a big receiver in Colin Johnson. I think they got another one or two receivers that we're pretty excited to see here. But things have turned around quickly in Jacksonville, and I could not be happier for my guy Justin Trees at all. Like, damn, bro. you It's a good feeling, and I'm happy you get to experience it, too. It is a good feeling. So it's funny you brought up Tebow because, like, obviously, I was just like, whatever. Like, I didn't want the attention, but like, honestly, like, he's stayed low, low key. Like, he hasn't done like any interviews. Like, he's mm -hmm. he's strictly just like, let me fucking learn how to play tight end. You know, like, <laughs> in the end, do I think he makes a team? No, I really don't. But like, honestly, like, I don't think it's been anything bad. Like, he's 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 attempting to do it. Like, you can actually like they show routes of like day one to, compared to where he is now, and like everything looks a little bit more, you know, smooth and fluid for him. Like, good for you, dude. Like none, not a single one of us could say like, we wouldn't do that. Like we wouldn't, if we didn't have that opportunity, like, so good for him. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about that. You know, it is what it is, but moving on to the offense, uh, other than him. Yeah, you're right, man. Trevor's looking just nasty right now. Um, uh, <laughs> Chenault's being a stud. You didn't even bring up Marvin Jones, who's just being a fucking beast right now. Um, it's funny, like when we're talking fantasy, like it's it's a shot in the dark of like which one of them is gonna be the do the go-to guy. Like it, you kind of feel like you're gonna you can draft <laughs> Chark, Chanel, or Marvin Jones. And guess what? Every week it's gonna be a different dude going for the 150 yards and a touchdown. Um, but like that's what I want from a 
like an actual football standpoint. And then you have, you know, you have James Robinson, that's still going to be the, you know, a beast. And you have ETN who, again, everybody was throwing all these fits about how they drafted him and he's playing wide receiver because, and I went on my tangent on this, on this podcast already, he was playing wide receiver because they didn't, they only had one running back. They're not going to give him all the carries and, you know, like let him learn how to play wide receiver. So if they wanted to go wide set, like he knows how to run routes, and guess what? Yesterday he had like three amazing plays out of the backfield where he ends up running a route. And guess what? All of that is because he practiced it during a mini camp. So um, they're going to be great. Um, this defense, I'm still very skeptical of. I think that they're going to like run around, you know, they're going to be hard nosed. They're going to be stripping the ball. I think they're going to cause a lot of turnovers, but I also think they're going to cause a ton of big plays or allow a ton of big plays. So um I just expect a ton of shootouts um, with this team, kind of like, kind of like the Titans in a sense. Um, but I'm super excited. Um, I haven't been this excited for a season since I guess like the 2017 season when I was like, okay, I think the Jags are going to be pretty good, given they were way better that year than I thought. Um, but like, I thought they were going to be pretty good. So super excited about them. Um, is that everybody in the A? Yeah, that's everybody in the AFC South. So let's move over to your division. Now let's move over to the AFC West. Uh, let's just start off the Broncos here. I think the Broncos could be somewhat short. Um, Cortland Sutton, it seems like he's a little slow coming out of route still after that ACL. Um, so he might be one of those guys that starts out slow, but then by the end of the year starts to pick it up and we start to remember who he was. Um, Noah Fant, big fan, of Noah, big fan of Noah Fant this year. I think he's yep. going to have a really, really big year. Um, mainly because it doesn't matter who his quarterback is, if it's Teddy or if it's Drew Locke, like both of those guys target the tight end quite a bit. Um, so I think that he's set up for success there. Unlike guys like Jerry Judy, where I'm like, one, know what? Teddy may hurt Jerry Judy a little bit, yeah. um, but Drew Locke would actually help Jerry Judy, you know? So that one's like, he's more like, it depends on what quarterback you have where the tight end and no offense, it doesn't matter. He's going to do that. Um, awesome to see um, Miller back for the defense. Von Miller, super excited to see him. Um, defense is going to be studly. Um, they're going to get after the quarterback like how they always do. And um, really it, Teams are going to be really good, but I don't see any way that they're not third in the division. Like they're not first or second. We'll talk about the first and second teams and they're not fourth because I think the Raiders are going to just be so bad. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong at all, to be completely honest with you. Uh, with the Broncos, though, this is a team that um, I'm trying to figure out how to word this because I've I've just kind of realized this last week, I've done a heel turn on a lot of guys that I've been hard on recently. Um, the other two, you know, being in the North and Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson, and now it's Drew Locke. I got to interview this guy in the Senior Bowl, came off kind of as a douche, really wasn't a fan. But now it's like everyone is so against him and think he sucks and he's not going to do good. That it's like, actually, I want to see this guy succeed. Like, fuck it, I want to see him get the job. I want to see him come play Kansas City and maybe sneak in a win and, you know, get to be, like, the hometown villain or something like that. And then people are going to be hearing that and be like, whoa, this guy's a Chiefs fan. He just said he wants the Broncos to beat them. It's like, hey, you're the Chiefs. You, you're not going to win every game. It's hard. You're not going to go undefeated. It's just not going to happen. But with the Broncos, they always play them tough, and they're always great games. It's just Drew Locke has not handled – pressure very well and that's not from fans or media i'm talking like blitz like being blitz type of pressure in games where it's like hey there's a there's a 300 dude 300 guy running at me like four or five speed uh i don't know how much time i have to get this throw off and it's kind of some silly mistakes that lead to turnovers and stuff like that but at the same time i think it's something he has worked on he said this camp that he's up to his weight he's playing at 230 he feels more relaxed in the offense he's good to go and i've been following some reporters as well they're at camps and they're like you know teddy bridgewater loves to throw the ball to the running back and he's just gonna dump it off i think they said it took him nine passes to start camp before he threw the ball like 10 plus yards down the field because everything else was just super underneath and to the running back and i was like that's that's cool but at the same time if you're in camp it's like hey we got to push the ball down the field we got to challenge these guys and see what we have and i feel like from what i'm seeing and like reading out of camp that's what drew lock is doing and he's not throwing interceptions and he's getting better so i'm 
I'm excited to see what Drew Locke can do with those receivers and Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Albert O, and Noah Fant because that's a stacked receiving room for him. I will say, Vic Fangio, the head coach, though, is very old school, where it's like, don't even risk turning the ball over. So I'm going to say, I think that Teddy wins this job. I'm rooting for Drew. I'm going Drew Locke the whole I'm not. I'm not saying I'm rooting for anybody. I'm just saying yeah. I think that, like, just the old school mentality, I think that's that's where it's going to go. So, okay, sorry. Well, I know we're almost basically an hour now, so we'll try to crank through these last three teams. Uh, I mean, Raiders should be pretty easy. Uh, they gave away their entire offensive line, totally rebuilt, uh, paid Kenyon Drake a whole bunch of money, uh, RIP Josh Jacobs, fantasy value there. Um Lost Nelson Aguilar, they're arguably their best receiver. Henry Rugg should have a breakout year. They did bring in John Brown, should be pretty good opposite. They still have um, Edwards, who they drafted last year as well. Uh, defensively, we talked about this after the draft. They now have, it feels like, 27 safeties on their team on their 90 man roster. So we'll see how that plays out. You know, bold strategy, Cotton, but. Um, We'll see how it plays out. Um, I just have no faith in this team. I think that um, I'm sorry, Las Vegas fans. You still have like another like six or seven years of this contract of uh, John Gruden. I don't like, I don't know what to say because it's just nothing's working out for the Raiders like at all. Like, I don't know you have on defense. Yeah. You have Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby and then Jonathan Abram on the backside. But, like, other than that, what is there? You know what I mean? You got Damon Arnett, a guy you took in the first round two years ago, playing third string, going with the second team. Like, they're just not good. In terms of receivers, it's just, like, you got nothing. You got Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs. You need more than that. Running back-wise, it's Josh Jacobs, and then it's like, okay, let's run the ball. Whole new offensive line, it feels like. So I just – I don't know kind of what their plan is or what they're going to do. But, like, it's hard to be excited about it. It's hard to kind of look at it and be like, this is how they're going to be good. This is how they're going to be efficient and be competitive this season. I'm not trying to come off like a douche or just be like, ah, this guy's a Chiefs fan, hates the Raiders. I'm kind of over that. Like, there's not, there's been nothing to fear for the Raiders for years. Yeah, they picked up a win last year. Cool. Like I said, you can't win every game. But, like, this season, I feel like they got worse. They're worse now than they were last year. They've done nothing to get better, in my opinion. Totally agree. All right, cool. Uh, Chargers. Uh, I'm super excited for the Chargers this year. Uh, I tried to, like, tone it down the last couple years um, just because we've talked about this, right? Everybody was always on the Chargers. They never kind of got to where everybody thought they were going to be. And a lot of that I thought was coaching as well. Um, and I'm super excited for their new coaching staff just in general. Um, Herbert year two, I think they have a healthy Eckler, healthy Mike, Mike Williams, obviously you still have Keenan Allen. Um, they brought in Jared Cook. Let's see how that plays out. I mean, that dude just seems to put up, you know, like 500 yards and six touchdowns every year. Um, and the, the defense is great. They did lose Melvin Ingram, but I think that overall they're still great. Um, so, yeah, I think that – I will say, I think this is a year that they – I for sure think they make the playoffs. I still don't think that they compete to win the AFC West just because I think the Chiefs are just so good. Um, but it's like one of those things where if, if the chargers were any other division, I could be like, yeah, I could see them winning this division. This one, it's just hard with how good the chiefs are, but super excited about the chargers. I mean, I am right there with you and the amount of receiving weapons that are there, like just the receiver position for them and Justin Herbert, it, I shouldn't say it's like almost unfair, but I feel like every single one of those guys is having a good camp from what I've seen so far. And Justin Herbert is just back to slinging it. Um, I know I always kind of crack the joke. The thing with the Chargers is it's just the what if. Like, ah, what if this guy stayed healthy? Like, what if this didn't happen? You know, how good could they be? Well, they revamped their offensive line. If their offensive playmakers are healthy, they're going to be dangerous. Uh, Justin Herbert, still pretty fucking good. And then defensive-wise, it's like, okay, you got got Chris Harrison on the outside. You still got Bosa. You got Kenneth Murray, who was a stud last year for you as a rookie. He's going into his second year on leading that defense from the middle linebacker role. Um, it's that's a fun team. It treats exactly what you said. Like if 
they were in any other division but this one. It's like, yeah, you guys are going to win this thing. Um, it, keep it competitive, though. Like, it is it is going to be competitive. And like I said, if Drew Locke does figure it out with the Broncos, those quarterback matchups in this entire division is going to be fun to watch every single week because they're just going to be slinging the ball all over the field, and it is going to be so much fun to watch. Agreed. I mean, I'm going to just hand it off to you for the Chiefs, man. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. Like, hey, they're going to be really good again. Uh, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, I feel like they're just continuing on with what they did last year. The offensive line is completely rebuilt. Uh, I think it's going to be five new starters all the way across if Mike Rimmers is not at right tackle uh, from last year because Orlando Brown's looking good. Joe Tooney's looking good at left guard. Creed Humphrey seems to have locked in the center's role. Uh, that's the kid they took out of Oklahoma. And at right guard, it looks like it's going to be Trey Smith and possibly be the steal of this draft as they got him in the sixth round because people were worried about his medicals. And then at right tackle, Lucas Nyang got some reps in this past week because Mike Rimmers is out uh, dealing with an injury, I believe, of something kind of minor. But, like, they're uh, they're big old boys. Like, every single one of them, they're big sons of bitches. And that is going to be a game changer in terms of the run game for the Chiefs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is back to being healthy. You know, my only question mark is at receiver in terms of offense for this team – Who's the number two receiver? Not the number two target, the number two receiver, because you still have Demarcus Robinson and then McCole Hardman. Um, you really need him to step up and develop. You need him to carry a bigger role and be more reliable. It's a guy that I've supported, and I'm very, very excited to see this year because I've been saying, like, hey, when this guy has gotten his opportunities, he's – generally made the most of it and made big plays for him. They just don't go to him as much as they do everybody else, understandably so when you got Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill on your team. But when he gets his looks and his opportunities, he he does really good, and that's awesome. In terms of defense, Willie Gay Jr., the linebacker that took in the second round last year, uh, has been balling out in camp, so that's awesome. One Thornhill is completely healthy. Mike Hughes is having a good camp as well, the corner that they traded uh, the, with the Vikings for, I think, like a six or seven rounder. Um, and then in terms of defensive line, them guys are tearing it up too. There's some news about Frank Clark. I don't understand the legal term of it. I don't know how you can be charged with the felony and still be in camp practicing with your team. I don't get it. It's fine. Glad he's there. Just don't get any more trouble and stop carrying fucking guns if you can't have them. It's not that hard to do, in my opinion. But – that's it. That's it with the Chiefs. I'm excited. It's going to be a fun, it's going to be a very fun season. And I cannot wait for week one because I'm starting to, the bragging now. I will be in Arrowhead for the Chiefs-Browns game. Let's go Chiefs. I actually forgot that they played the Browns week one. That's yeah. fucking dope. That's awesome. It's going That's to be a, a nut. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be one of those unfortunate, maybe the two best teams in the AFC. AFC one of them starts out with a loss. Um, again, <laughs> I, I still think the Bills are ahead of the Browns uh, personally, but like at least top three teams, right? So, yeah. um yeah, that's awesome. So, all right, cool. Well, we're going to do, do just the AFC today. We'll do the NFC next week. Um, maybe we'll just start breaking it into divisions uh, next episode with the NFC so we can dive more into those teams and then we'll kind of circle back into the AFC. But it was good to be back on the mic. We missed all of you. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And tonight we've been talking football.